Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. I'm your host, Dave Johnson. Glad to be here and glad to have you with me tonight. Um, before we get started here, I, I do again want to send our condolences to BJ. Um, her mom and dad had a stroke a couple of weeks ago or so, and, and uh, she's having to take care of her dad. So our thoughts and prayers still go out there and her family, and uh, wish them all the best. Um, so uh, we're trying to make do while she's attending to that. So thanks for everybody that that's making that happen as well. Um, each week, um, we get closer and closer to the uh, Super Bowl for the NFL. And for, for all of us women's football fans, we know what that means. It's getting closer to kickoff uh, for the 2019 women's football season. And uh, we're really, really getting excited here in East Tennessee. Um, we've had a lot of great things happen Um for and with this team um, over this past off season, we we needed a, some positive things. Um, last year um, was a I can't say it was a bad year. I mean, we lost a lot of games to a lot of really good football teams. Uh, three, in fact, three games we lost. In fact, was a, a team that went on to win the, the championship, and um, so. You know, it, it's it's always tough for me, especially uh, to swallow uh, losing. I, I mean, I hate to lose. I, I don't know that everybody hates to lose as much as I do. Um, you know, the the fact that I don't care what sport you play, I don't care what your hobby is, I don't care what you do, what you enter. Anytime there, there's awards given away or money to be won or trophies or whatever, uh, it's a contest, and if I'm entered, I, I want to win that contest no matter what it is. So, um, it, it's you know, as short as off season's been, it seems like it's been uh, forever for me personally. Um, trying to get started and get a lot of these new girls uh, ready, somewhat ready to play. Um, you know, we we're talking to um, talking to a guy today, and. Uh, you know the I, I was actually listening, but it was talked about our team, and you know one reason um, we don't have a lot of players here is, is because of the of the way we approach things, and and you know it just seems like it hurts me more to lose than it does a lot of these players. Um, I I go way out of um, my way more than a lot of them go out. Um, you know, that, that 
it's always been a big big thing for me. It ain't just me personally, a lot of the coaches and, and other people do as well and I'm not saying that, but just it's just hard um it's hard it's hard thing to swallow. And uh, you know, the fact that you give you just give so much because you want to have a good team, a good organization. You're you're willing to do anything you can to make that happen and uh you know it just seems like we try to get that message across, and I guess we have for for somewhat, but it just still seems, you know, each week it seems like it's a hurdle of trying to get more players there, more players there, and, and um, you know, the, the time is now. For me, um, it's always been now. You know, I, I know when, when we started this team, this will actually be this uh, – this organization's fifth year, and when I said when I started, um, I'll never forget. I, I said, you know, our, my goal was to be able to play for a championship in five years, and here it is, the fifth year, and uh, we already played for played for two, which we got screwed out of one years ago, um, cheated out one years ago, but but we've actually played in three. If you want to consider that. And we lost one and won one, and I ain't gonna talk about the other um, because it uh, it was something that should have never happened. Um, but anyway, here you know we could have been uh, talked uh, maybe in last week or week before when me and Coach Mike was talking about it. We could have done you know had the opportunity to have four under our belts by this time, and that's just truly amazing with the amount of players that we've had in the turnover and, and each year, you know, you think you, you you got the best group and I really feel like this is our best group. Um, and then you have this happens and that happens. And, you know, I, I don't know how these things do it. I, I, I just really don't know how they, how they do it each year, hold keep these girls and keep them. And um, it, it's just hard for me. But uh, we, we have had a lot of good things happen here uh, with this team. Um, and most of them, you know, the, the good thing is we've had a lot of interest from people. Oh, they see this news clip and, and all this and hear about us playing type stadium. You hear a lot about it, but we've not actually gained any players from it. All of our players were were already committed long before any of this happened, and that that's really um, a good thing. Um, each each year, um, we do here get more players to practice on a regular basis than we did the previous year, and I know we're gaining ground as a as an owner, as a coach, as a football fan. I firmly believe you cannot ever, ever reach your full potential if you don't have everybody there participating every single time you have a practice. Um, so um, that happens. I, I know I can't, I can't get it out of my head. I think about it all the time, and um, it's one of those things that, that sort of uh, haunts you. So, but uh, we're we're really excited about the team we have. Uh, we're really excited about the things that we have going on. Um, and I was talking about this uh, news article, in case you haven't heard, if you're around here. Um, there's been a lot of people viewed it. Uh, it actually came out on October 28th. And uh, so far there's been about 20,000 people that have seen it, viewed it. Uh, I've had a lot of – had uh, a couple calls just today 
about it from people, you know, and, it, and this is people all over the country. One of the guys called me today was from Indiana uh, that I know real well, and, you know, he says, hey, I'm I'm coming. Uh, you know, I had a, an old friend I had talked to in several months or a year or so, called me the other day from West Virginia, you know, hey, I'll, I'm going to get six tickets, I'm coming. Uh, this has just been um, overwhelming and, and a great, great opportunity uh, for for this team and and women's football in general, um, the thing that really helps helps this team out so much is we're in such a small market. And if you're if you're listening, you don't know this team. It's the Tri Cities Thunder, and and there's there's like a hundred thousand people I think in the Tri Cities. Um, at least the last count I had, that's what they were. So recruiting is so hard. Luckily, uh, we have uh, four girls that actually three that live in Knoxville, one that lives close to Knoxville, uh, one that lives in Asheville, North Carolina, a couple in West Virginia, um, several that live around here, and uh, you know some from Greenville just travel around the area. So we we actually gain players from other areas or we would really be in trouble here. Uh, it's such a small market. So, you know, that's what's been amazing is what this organization has been able to do with with the resources and the recruitment and the, and the area that we live in. And, uh, hey, this, this being able to go, um, you know, to play in Nashville, Tennessee, in the Titan Stadium, um, it's it's really just unbelievable if you want to know the truth about it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I talked about it a little bit before, and and the more I think about it, the more I talk to people about it. You know, they say, "Hey, man, what what does that? Has it really sank in? You know, what does that really mean?" Now, from for me personally, I'm I'm an old football guy, and and you know had dreams of playing in the NFL and, you know, playing college. And I think everybody had those aspirations. And, and it's it's a really um, great aspiration. But in all reality, man, the number of people that go pro is so small. Um, so to to dream about that and just to be, actually, you know, actually going there and to be part of something that's going to happen in that stadium – is is somewhat truly amazing. You know, the stadium holds like sixty nine thousand people. Um, they've been averaging about sixty five thousand after games. Um, so, you know, I, I know the stadium's not going to be full when we play. I'm, I'm a realist. I understand that. So there still is going to be a lot of people hanging around watching this game because the fact that women playing tackle football intrigues so many people. Just today we heard from a guy that has never even heard about it. He's in Johnson City, Tennessee, which from that's one of the Tri-City areas that we're talking about drawing from. Um, it's, it's just amazing. So, you know, what it can do for women's football in general, not just this team, but for the other team as well that's going to play, and we hope to announce that maybe next week or two. Um, there are so many, and, you know, people, I know people are wondering, well, why haven't you announced it? Well, there's more to it than just picking a team. Um, there's so much stuff you have to get cleared through the NFL. There's certain regulations you have to go through. Everything runs through the NFL. Tennessee Titans, 
own the rights to that stadium. Probably I don't actually know who owns it, but they own the rights to it. But the NFL may not really own them, but they sort of much own them. And they tell them everything they can do and can't do. So it's a process. I mean, we have we have to follow so many rules. So uh, it's not just as simple as, oh, I won't play here. Uh, you know, you pick the wrong team. They go in there, and um, whether you, you win or not, but your action is going to be seen and viewed by so many people. Um, you know, you can't just go in there and pick them. Oh, I'm going to play. It'd be a disaster because of the way they act and the things they do. So we hope to have a team picked within the next, uh, maybe next week I can announce it. If not, maybe the next uh, to um, say who we're going to play and start really advertising it for them as well um, to get this out there. So um, it's going to be, I'm telling you folks, it's going to be a great, great opportunity for everybody that's involved in women's football. Hey, it already has been. I mean, the you know what? The, Jennifer just told me a little while ago that the news people that came and, and uh, did this article, there's only like two other videos that have had more views on their Facebook page than what we have by the by the article they came and did. And it was just a small one. Um, so, like I said, it's up around 20,000 views. And, uh, you know, just when we think it's about to top off, um, it takes off again. So, it's already made a big impact. Um, you know, the talk of it, um, people getting excited about it. We are as well, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, these girls, I can tell, you know, each time we see them, it's starting to get a little bit closer. You can see it setting in. Um, you know, I can imagine, I hear these guys, these announcers, commentators, talking about these rookies, you know, what they must be feeling playing in these big stadiums for what's on the line. Well, just imagine these girls usually playing, uh, not our girls, we play in a nice stadium, but a lot of these girls don't even play in a, they play at parks, you know, where there is really no stadium or nothing. And uh, for these girls to be able to play in that stadium, um, is, you know, I'm sure it's going to be real nerve-wracking for, for all of them and exciting as well. So, you know, it's going to be just a great, great opportunity for women's football. Um, and I know it's still uh, somewhat a long way away, but in reality it's not. We're going to talk about it more and more as it gets closer. I hope to be um, having a lot more information and things about it to talk about it. So um, it, it's an exciting time around here. Um, you know, and, and not just for this game in Titan Stadium before before it even came along, you know, it was it was the movies, you know, with uh, Savannah Sweeney directing and producing it and, and the things she uh, is wanting to see done and the things she's wanting to get accomplished and, uh, in her young life and as a football fan in general, uh, always wanted to play herself. And uh, so that really – you know, set the tone uh, for us. Uh, there's so, I mean, there's just so much going on. Uh, it's unbelievable. And and speaking of the Sweeney's, I really want to give a special thanks out before I forget to her mom, Wendy, uh, for all her hard work that 
she has already done for this organization that really doesn't pertain uh, to the movie. Um, so special thanks to her and Anna. Uh, people, you can't imagine what it's like um, having somebody in your corner that's, you know, that, that doesn't take no for an answer. Um, if anybody knows Wendy, she she pretty much doesn't take no for an answer, and that's that's for me or, or anybody else. So uh, she she's really good at what she does. She's an, an exciting person. Um, she she's just as excited about this as any of the players that we have on this team um, because she realizes what an opportunity it is for these players and girls, and then for her and her family as well. You know, making this movie and, and uh, helping her daughter, and and hopefully be a great success for her. Um, so she realizes uh, what's at stake, and to have people like that in your corner and and helping you uh, when when they have nothing really um, at stake is it, just somewhat really uh, amazing because uh, you know you you see so many uh, people. I told you today, I said, can you just imagine if we had more people involved like Wendy that was, uh, you know, motivated and willing to do what she does. And, and you know what, the, you know what she gets from it? Gratification. And that's, man, that's, you know, that's something that's really, um, really great about people. And um, they're just willing to help for, you know, for the organization and stuff. So, um it's it's going to be a great, great year for this team, for this organization. Um, I couldn't be more excited about the opportunity uh, with the players that we have, the new girls that we've signed, um, with, with just with everything that, that we've done here. Um, no, we're not through. Uh, we still got a, a few slots left that we can, uh, you know, take a few players here and there. <clears throat> but... Uh, you know, we're not through uh, working on uh, things uh, uh, for for this year. We're not just settling for playing in tight stadium or, or making this movie. So um, there, there's a lot, a lot on the line this year and a lot of good things looking up for this organization. Um, speaking, of, speaking of the game in tight stadium, we do have some special prizes to be given away in a drawing, which will be excuse me, on December the 16th. And it's going to be a live drawing on Facebook. And to be eligible uh, for this drawing and this package, and I'll tell you what's in this package in just a second, is uh, you just have to buy a ticket. For each ticket you buy, your name goes in the drawing, or for every $30, you donate your name um, goes in this drawing. Now, when I say donate thirty dollars, we're we're working with Vanderbilt Youth Children's Hospital on getting these uh, kids down there to be able to go to a Titans game. And uh, for each thirty bucks we get donated, that buys the uh, buys a kid a ticket. So um, if you if you're out there listening and you can't go to the game or it's too far away. What's thirty bucks to help help one of these kids out at Vanderbilt Youth Children's Hospital? It's a great opportunity um, for them as well. You know, um, there's there's so much help you can do for things like that. Even if you don't like football, you know, and that's 
this is one of the things behind the scenes that Wendy's come up with and that she's working hard on and really made a success more than anybody else so far. And uh, we want to uh, carry on and, and make this bigger and bigger. So all you got to do is, is buy a ticket for 30 bucks or donate 30 bucks, And every time you do, your name's going to go in this drawing. Now, the drawing is going to be live again on December the 16th, and you can follow it on Tri-City Thunder Women's Football uh, Facebook page. Um, so the, the prize, the, the grand prize, is going to be a Jarrell Casey um, signed authentic picture. Uh, now, all this stuff is NFL Titans approved gear. Uh, so you're going to get some uh, Titans reusable cups, calendar, car magnet, um, you know, a, a hand schedule, refrigerator magnet, coaster stickers, reusable bag. Uh, I think that's in the grand prize. Uh, prize two is going to be a 2018 Titans yearbook, reusable bags, Titans cups, travel bag, Christmas ornament. Uh, calendar, hand towel, refrigerator magnet schedule, just just a lot of stuff, folks. I mean, there's going to be more. Uh, that's just what we have now. Um, there's going to be several, several um, things like this to be given away. And all this is going to be drawn, again, like I said, on December the 16th. That's going to be um, uh, before Christmas, naturally. Uh, we'll be practicing that day. And at practice, we're going to go live uh, with these drawings and announce who won. And you have an opportunity to get your name multiple times in this drawing pack uh, for these prizes uh, for each ticket or $30 that you donate for the tickets that go to the youth Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Um, like I said, if you uh, can't go to the game, um, that you can donate. And I've hit uh, some people up on that already as well. Um, you know, I tell them, hey, listen, you, you may not have a heart for anything else, but, you know, at least help these kids out that never gotten to go to a game and, uh, you know, really sick down there. Give them a great opportunity uh, and put a smile on their face. So, you know, anything that uh, we can help, you know, here here we are, uh, you know, a, a 501c3 uh, program organization ourselves, and, and we're doing everything to help them as well. So I know there's several uh, people out there that are, are really um, well off and, and have lots of things that could help these uh, kids. So uh, be, be generous, and, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's going to be, Right after Christmas, the game is it's going to be on December the 30th. So uh, what a late, great Christmas present to give a, a kid from the youth Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. So uh, keep that in mind. We'll be talking more about it. Um, I just wanted to get it out there tonight, uh, start, uh, you know, so we can let everybody know um, what what they're going to be. Uh, at stake, so we're we're all really excited about that. Uh, so we'll be we'll be talking more about it. Like I said, you can follow us uh, anytime on uh, Facebook at Tri Thunder Women's Football. You'll see a lot of things going on there. Um, so check that out as well. Um, I know this week 
We're uh, this coming Saturday. We're going to South Columbia, South Carolina. We have a scrimmage um, set set up this this Saturday. Uh, tomorrow we have an article uh, coming out in the uh, Johnson City Press about the Tri-Cities Thunder. Um, we couldn't be. Like I said, folks, we have a lot going on here with this team, this organization, and, and it's really exciting. And I'm just, you know, as a as just a football fan, and and I've really changed over to a women's football fan more than I have, you know, anything else in the past years, just because all these girls are just so raw. You know, I just had a girl tell me the other day at practice, say, listen. You can't imagine how much I really love playing this sport, more than anything I've ever played before. And I thought I knew football until I came here to play. And I really don't know anything about football. So, you know what, to take these people from when they show up and they don't know anything and turn them into champions or turn them into winners, turn them into really fine uh, young women, um, you know, the discipline that they get here and, and the commitment that we hold them to and the standards is is really just amazing. And, and then, you know, all the uh, success we've had and the winning, yeah, that helps. But there there's lots more to it than, you know, the things you see are the true. They love football. It's, they're not out here wanting, uh, can't play because their fingers hurt or they got a stumped toe or, or whatever. And that's, you know, the part for me, and I understand that the NFL is brutal. Don't get me wrong, but I'll promise you, folks, if anybody knows me, you pay me millions of dollars, these guys play, and I'm going to get any heavyweight player, anything, take the biggest meeting you've ever seen. So, look, I, that's the part I love about women's football is they really do play for the love of the game. And that's some guys that do, too. And and I really respect those guys. I heard a great article from Christian McCaffrey talking about just how much he loves the game. And for me, I, I really like that guy. I like people like that because never want, they tried to get him on, you know, to say things out of the way. And it was like, hey, I just love this game. I love this game so much. I'm going to do this and that. Folks, that's what it's really all about. And if, if you like football, you really need to become an avid women's football fan and help these help these ladies out. So um, we're excited about all that. We're also um, excited about our league. Um, I can't. We haven't talked much about it. Um, it's you know it's almost time that uh, with some of these leagues have already released their teams and and their schedule and. And that's fine. Uh, we're we're close to doing the same thing, close to at least uh, releasing the team. We're not going to release the schedule till after Christmas. Um, but uh, we're, I hope in the next couple of weeks uh, to be, you know, releasing the teams that we have. We have some uh, returning teams along with some, along with uh, some new new teams, and uh, um, I think it's going to be. A great year this year for the USWFL, and um, our goal here is to make this league better every single year. Um, 
and the one the one thing I know, and I and I talk to people, um, and you know, and I talk to some potential investors of, of the league and stuff, and every single thing I hear in in my area is something that I truly believe in, and it's it's Dave, it's it's about quality, it's, it's about quality, it's not about quantity, it's it's not about trying to trying to see if you can have a hundred teams in your league and how we can do this or do that. It's about having how many of the teams you have and, and making those quality teams. You know, the the NFL started with few teams. Now they have thirty two at all. Um, you know, the WNBA, I don't know how many teams they have, maybe sixteen, whatever, half of whatever the WNBA uh, half of usually it's half of what the NBA has. Um so that's what we're looking for here. Uh, I know it's hard. Um, you know, when I tell you we want quality, we want perfection. That means I want every single game, every single man played. Um, again, I get it. I talked earlier, you know, we all have things to do. It's hard to make it. But that's our goal. And each year we're hunting for these uh, teams, um, that, you know, that have the same thing in mind that we do. Uh, we have some of those. We're hoping to get a few more, uh, and you know what? Well, maybe, maybe this year is the year. And if it does, I think it, you know if it is, I think we're going to be able to um, to move forward with something greater uh, for these teams. And uh, so, you know, I, I agree um, with that new league. A lot of what they said, you know, they've only got twelve teams. They uh, first of all, they said I don't think they wanted that many. He ended up with twelve. Don't know what the reason behind it is, but I, I'm telling you, it, it's about quality, folks. It's not about quantity. So, um, we're it's going to be a great opportunity for all the teams uh, in this league. Um, it's going to be um, it's going to be tough. I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be no gimme. Um, the teams get better every single year, just like every other league has great teams. We just don't have as many teams. We have a lot of great teams, just not as many teams. So uh, we're really, really excited about the league and uh, to have this team playing in this league and um, all the other teams as well. So um, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, talk about uh, women's football or or anything, um, you know, pertaining to women's football or other teams or, or league or, or, you know, in this league or whatever, feel free to give us a call at 657-31020. Again, 657-383-1020. Um, got any questions you want to call and um, get some questions answered or, or talk about any of these teams or things that's going on, give me a call. Um, we'll sure get you on and, and talk about it. Um, I, I believe uh, we've got Coach Mike on the on the line waiting to get in here. If he ain't hung himself uh, for his team losing this week. Uh, how about it, Mike? You there? I'm here. Well, I, I was wondering if he was going to be able to call in the night. Yeah, boys took one on the chin last night, and the Longhorns gave one up late to the West Virginia team, so I, I I was worried about you all day. Yeah, you know I've had a lot of phone calls, a lot of messages. Uh, not all of them have been 
checking up on me more more so just rubbing it in uh, that I've had a, a pretty bad weekend as far as team wise. So uh, I'm hanging in there though. Well, I didn't uh, I didn't get to see all the game men. We did watch uh, a little bit of it uh, late last night when the Titans finally scored to make it twenty eight fourteen. I know I do know you were watching it. Um, what happened? I um, I seen today. I mean, Jennifer did see today that Jerry Jones said that he wasn't going to make any in in season coaching changes, and and that they were going to give Daz a an contract extension. I, I don't understand, man, um, what's going on out there. I mean, you got a quarterback that's uh, to say he's this played subpar it would be stretching it, and a and a coach that. Uh, seems to have as much control over the players out there in Dallas as me and you do. Um, I don't and I'm listen, I'm not saying the guy should be fired now. He shouldn't have been hired to begin with, in my opinion, or continued, but you know, what what are you hearing uh, from out there? I know you're an avid Cowboys fan and um you follow them really close, so so what's the verdict? Well, so so everything that I hear about the Dallas Cowboys, it's uh, it's the same thing. It's it's the the main problem right now. Uh, everybody seems to think that Jerry Jones is the problem. Well, listen, Jerry Jones has been the problem since he took over the team. Uh, in the Super Bowl errors, when the Cowboys were winning the Super Bowls, it was the Jimmy Johnson error. He's the one that put those teams together, and that's where the conflict came was between Jimmy and and, and Jerry Jones. Uh, but as of right now, currently the problem. Uh, you know, it, listen. We got they have a new offensive coordinator who apparently doesn't actually know how to call plays. Uh, the first half, you know, Zeke Elliott has now almost 100 yards in the first half, uh, and you stop running the ball in the second half. Uh, we got a quarterback that's fumbling the ball more now than he has in the last. Uh, he's got, I think he's got four or five fumbles this year, and he had all of this first year. He only had four fumbles in the first uh in his first year period. So um listen we're we're struggling as cowboy fanatics. Uh and it's uh you know it's it's a combination. Owner, coach, uh you know you you have a coach who can't uh coach the team because the owner um is the general manager and he's pretty much the coach um when it comes to uh you know what with the personnel and decision making. So you know, listen. I heard Troy Aikman say the whole the team needs a a a, a overhaul, uh, and I'm I'm in agreement with that. But it's kind of hard, man, when you're having the the uh, general manager and the owner are the same person. Uh, that's just going to be you know non-existent. And so, Cowboy fans, we're just going to have to you know keep our fingers crossed. Well, you know, sit here and. And and look, I, we all know how Jerry Jones is. And I'm going to say this. I can't say that if I was in Jerry Jones' shoes that I wouldn't be the the same way. I mean, he, he's got a lot of money invested out there and a lot of things. And I, I get to somewhat, um, you know, what he, uh, his, the way he goes about things. But if you remember when... I heard I heard Troy Aikman say this, uh, not this today. It was last week actually. That when you know they're on John Gruden in Oakland, but 
when Jimmy Johnson came in, he did the same thing, and Troy Aikman was part of that, you know, a round pick they got from Herschel and get him in there, and everybody said the same thing. They go like 3-16 and 16 to win the Super Bowl the next year. And Jerry Jones on the team then. Um, so I, I really just think that he's going to have to get him a head coach that's just not going to, um, you know, bow down to everything he says or every comment he makes as as much as Jason Garrett does. You know, I, I'll be honest, and I have nothing personal against the guy. I don't know him at all, naturally. I know he was a backup. But to me, he, he's just like a whipping boy. Um, you know, he has less control or, you know, acts least like a head coach than anybody in the league. Um, so, to me, they're going to have to get a coach, a head coach in there that has some grit, that, you know, that's not going to agree with everything Jerry says and is not going to uh, bow down, and they're going to butt heads, but yet wins. And, and I think by winning and doing that, I think some of that leaves Jerry. But the more they fail, it seems like the more he really presses on them. Well, if you remember, when Jimmy Johnson was the head coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson also brought in his own – his own. He, he brought the players in. Jimmy Johnson controlled the war room when it came to uh, draft days. Every player that came through that organization when Jimmy Jones was the coach was Jimmy jo- – Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson uh, product. Um, and so then they start the butt heads being Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson over total control. And so then you have Jimmy Johnson that leaves, right? And so now we've been through I don't know how many different head coaches, and they're all – I don't think they have a choice, Dave, to be honest with you, to be yes man. Uh, I think Jerry Jones has such a – like you said, he has such a huge interest and uh, in, in, in so much money invested in the, the that franchise, which is the most – probably it is the most expensive in the, in the, in the world um, – you know, he has all of that invested. But, you know, when you, you're the general manager, your your job is to bring people in that can make the organization better uh, to help us win. Uh, you know, listen, we went the, the Cowboys went, uh, what, 13-3, and three, what, last, what, two years ago? Or thir- and, and that was, it was a fluke, you know, because everything was just so new. We kind of caught the NFL off guard, but. Um, you know, I, I just think if you're a head coach right now of the Dallas Cowboys, you don't have a choice but to be a yes man because that's what Jimmy jo- uh, Jimmy Jones, uh, Jerry Jones, excuse me, is, is going to require. Yeah, that may that may be true. Um, you know, it's like, well, I, I get it, I guess. Um, I'm just sitting there and when we read that today about, you know, not having an end coach firing or whatever, and we're going to give, you know, Dad Prescott this extension and all that. See that that to me, um, I, I'll be honest, I, I I don't, and I and I know I've told you all along, and I've said it all along. I don't think the guy's a franchise quarterback. I didn't think he was when he was in college, but I did see the Senior Bowl where he played in, and the Cowboys coached that. Uh, and I've seen he, he performed well under them. And then he comes in for Tony Romo, 
And um, like you said, everything's new. They got Ezekiel it. They got the best line. They had a good run until they get to the playoffs where the competition really tough, and then they lost. I don't think the guy is that good. Yes, I think he's better than a lot of the other quarterbacks. I don't know where they can get one better. I, I'm not saying that. But to me, now this is just to me, and I know a lot of people different. A lot of people probably like to challenge me, and that's fine. I don't think the guy is a franchise quarterback. Uh, it's like Blake Mortal has great games and not great games. Why would you, why would you make a statement like that if you think obviously you know seeing say that Jason Garrett's my man my man my man but now you know obviously the thoughts in there about firing it's just not going to happen in house so it's possible that you might be firing or moving on from Jason Garrett and the next coach that comes in his style of coaching or his style of offense may not even be remotely of what Dad Prescott's talent is. So, to me, that seems to be as much of a problem as anything. It's not like you got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, any of those guys there that any coach is going to love to come in and take over. So, why I don't get why you make those statements where we're going to give him an extension. I don't I don't get it, man. Well, you know, I, I just revert back to, you know, it seems like Jason Garrett says all the right things, but he doesn't do all the right things. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not embedded in the in the organization. I can't tell you what's being said day in, day out. Uh, I honestly don't know if Jason Garrett is the problem or isn't the problem. Uh, in, in, in my mind and in most Cowboy fans that I talk to and in, more, in, in most uh, programs I listen to, uh, all fingers get point to Jimmy or Jerry Jones, um, you know, as far as Dak Prescott, you know, you're a product of, of what you're being coached. Now, if for some reason he comes in and he backs up um, uh, uh, Tony Romo and he ends up taking over the slot. Uh, and then, you know, he just has this fantastic season that nobody foresaw him having. Um, and then he just declines. Uh, so is that a product of, of, of the quarterback? Um, I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. He, he looks like he's doing all the right things to be put uh, in a position to, to do everything that's required. But, you know, if, you're, if the, if the play, plays are not being called to the strengths of the quarterback, uh, you know, I, I don't – again, you know, it's like I, I, don't, I don't know if Dak Prescott is the quarterback of Dallas Cowboys for, for 20 years or so. I do know that his first year playing, he was a lot more of a play-action quarterback. They like to get him outside them tackles and throw the ball, uh, and he hasn't really been able to do any of that. And then for that, he's fumbled the ball more this season than he has yet in his career. Well, I'm going to give you one person – well, not just one person, but a player here and an example. And this, this rings true. As an NFL quarterback, you want to be great, you have to progress every single year. And, you know, if you look at what Peyton Manning did when he was a rookie, he goes to the, to the Colts and they're the worst team in the league. 
sets the NFL record in uh, interceptions, which he still holds that record, I believe. They're three and thirteen, I think, his rookie year, and then the next year they win their conference and then go thirteen and three, and then we know what he goes on to do. Uh, I hear it every week when the NFL plays, and it's just no different than me and you actually watching these girls play. And then when we play them again, you know what, what how we are approaching the game. Now these kind of quarterbacks naturally. Prescott is no Peyton Manning, nowhere near the caliber quarterback, nowhere near the kind of quarterback Peyton Manning is. But Michael Vick was one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks ever. Every single year, Mike, first eight games of the year, Michael Vick would be mentioned in the MVP. Michael Vick would be mentioned in MVP. As the year goes on, you start playing those division games twice, and these other teams get more and more film on you. You start getting those hits. Then all of a sudden, these defenses and these coordinators start clamping down. Then the second half, your play falls off. I, I personally feel like that that's what happened to him is they, they had Romo. Romo gets hurt. Nobody knows about this guy. He comes in. they got a great, great running back, in my opinion, the best running back in the game, um, and and it goes from there. Then this year, uh, by the time they get to the playoffs, everybody's ready for that. And then this year, you know, nothing great has happened. Um, that, that's just sort of my opinion. Uh, you know, you, you're not – these coordinators, most of them have been head coaches and uh, for whatever reason, but, man, they're really good, and, and they're they're really good at adapting. So, you know, for the fall-off uh, from last year to this year is just way, way different, and I don't see any progression uh, in him getting any better. And as far as Jerry Jones being the problem, I'm not disagreeing with anybody. But I promise you, Jerry Jones is not going to fire Jerry Jones. So they're going to have to figure out something along the way or talk Jimmy Johnson into coming back one. Yeah, listen, Jerry uh, Jerry Jones has a, a job security. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> you're right. He's not going to fire himself, and he's going to be the general manager, and he's going to own that team and as long as he's got air in his lungs. And I, I think that a lot of us Cowboy fans just need to accept that fact. Uh, but so if, if we if we can get past that and understand that we got to find something uh, uh, that's in the medium here, so, so is it going to be a, a head coach or are we trying to make trades uh, to, to better up one uh, at different positions? Now, you know, I, listen, you're right. I, I, the pre, that, that Prescott, it seems to me like he's worked more on his – faults that he's had in the years previous, which has only been a couple, but then he hasn't strengthened his strengths. And so now those are being left behind. So he's been focusing on one thing and taking his focus off another thing. And that's digress as far as progression. So I think you're right there. Um, but, you know, the only thing we can do now as Cowboy fans is, is just kind of, you know, hope that, uh, you know, the division race is, uh, you know, closer, the closer that the Cowboys are in it, uh, I mean, right now they're at three and five, with the with the Redskins at five and three. And I hate to say the Redskins being at five and three, but you know we're we're in third place. We're not out of it as Cowboy fans. We're not out of the race for for the playoffs, but it certainly is getting bleak. 
Well, besides the NFC West, it's the worst division in uh, football. So, um, actually, at three and five, you know, they're not all of I mean, they if, – if they go on – look at the Saints. They went on a seven – I think a seven-game win streak. And, I and look, I don't think the Cowboys are the Saints by any stretch of the mean. But I did see, um, you know – Listen, they they won three games. Uh, they lost a close game uh, that they should have probably at least tied in the Texans and, and maybe better. Um, you know, the bright side is it's probably not going to take um, a lot to win that division. Um, honestly, they play they play the Redskins head to head again, and maybe this week I don't know when, but it's soon. Um, you know, I, I think that that division winner is going to be uh, a 9- or 10-win uh, team. So, you know, the, the fact of the matter is they're, the the way it's shaping up, they're probably not going to win a wild card. Whoever uh, the worst record team is going to uh, come out of that division uh, as a, as the winner. I think because it's not that tough and they won't have as many wins. So it's pretty much my opinion. If the Cowboys are going to make the playoff, they have to win their division. Well, and and that's true. And it starts this Sunday, Sunday night when they play Philadelphia. And so it's, I mean, they're in the meat and potatoes of the schedule as far as division. So, and they're only, I mean, they're, they're two games out. Uh, It's just, like I said, the NFC East, and you you hit it right on the head. The NFC is probably the worst division, but the most competitive division, I think, is in the NFC North. You know, you got Chicago at five and three, Minnesota at five and three, Green Bay is at three and four, and Detroit's at three and five, and that's and that's very competitive. Uh, but you know, it's it's a tough it's tough going. And who knows what's going to happen up there in the NFC East? Yeah. Um... You know, uh, speaking of Green Bay, um, I heard somebody say, you know, they've had three the teams they the three wins they have against teams that are not any good, but the Chicago Bears are pretty good. Um, you know, the I heard them say, well, I read a thing. No, I did hear it today. Heard it on ESPN Radio today that the that, you know Mike McCarthy, uh, the Packers loss against the Rams. Mike McCarthy uh, told the quarter or told the return guy not to bring it out. The guy did fumbles. Uh, they lose the game. Um, you know, I didn't get to see the game, but everybody says they outplayed the Rams. Um, now they go up to the Patriots and and listen. We the Patriots are just methodical, and I'll just tell you right now. And uh, me and Jennifer was talking about today back when Peyton Manning played for the Colts and Denver. They they were among the best teams in the league, if not the best teams. And every team that played them brought their A game. Uh, and that's what the Patriots see every week. Uh, and you know what? They changed their game plan. If you if you look the other night, Cordell Patterson playing tailback, you know, bring in a fullback, put him in the eye, and they just pound the ball right down at him. Um, they just do whatever it takes, and they're methodical. And they, you know, what we've seen of the game, they just sort of took it to Green Bay. Green Bay has a bad record. I just somehow believe they're going to figure it out uh, with Aaron Rodgers and and somehow make it 
uh, to the playoffs. I don't know if they can win the division or anything like that. But I can tell you this, if they get in there, they're they're a dangerous team, no doubt. Yeah, and I, and I think that's I think that's how all the NFL feels, and every team is looking at that Green Bay. You know, if Green Bay gets in the playoffs, they're certainly a team that you don't want to play just because it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So, um, you know, I was I watched the game between uh, Green Bay and New England, uh, and you know, it lived up to every bit of the hype as it, it was. I mean, it was a close scoring game up until the second half, and um, you know, you had Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers looked like they were in a position that they could do, uh, you know, take the lead, um, and you know, I think it was a turnover there. Uh, in, deep in the uh, Patriots' end of the field. And, you know, Tom Brady just does what Tom Brady does. Uh, but, you know, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall or at least in that huddle listening to those two speak. I mean, that that's a lot of winning between those two quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, you don't see that often. And, and, and to me it was just a privilege to watch two of the best go out and, uh, and perform at their craft. Yeah, it, it really was. The Patriots come out on the, you know, the first drive, and, man, they go no huddle on fast pace. And, I mean, man, they just went through them like it, like it was nothing. And then Greenway gets the ball and come down the, the field, and the, the penalty, I think, set them back, and they end up getting a field goal. Um, what little bit I, I believe early that night, and I didn't get to watch a lot. What I watched, it was, you know, it was a really good game. Um I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't been sold on the Rams. I have. I just haven't. Uh, I think they've been fortunate. They got fortunate against Denver. They got fortunate against Green Bay. Um, Seattle had them on the ropes, um, and then New Orleans pretty much took it to them. I'm not sold on them. I know they got a great, great running back, and I know they got one that's not the best defense coordinator in the game and a great young coach. I'm just not sold on them. I mean, I know unless something just major happens, they're going to win that division. Um, But I I believe, man, that uh, the New Orleans Saints are – are for real. They they've got probably, in my opinion, the best utility back in the game, and that being in the um, the guy from Tennessee, you know, Alvin Kamara, and what he does down there, and and he's at the perfect team uh, to expose his talent. And you know, I, I told Jim from day we was eating lunch and stuff. I said the only other team that could use him like the New Orleans does is the Patriots because they like to throw the running backs and use them in all kinds of different ways. And uh, I, I just believe that if, you, if you're going to win the NFC and, and go to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat Drew Brees and uh, New Orleans to do it. Yeah, and you know, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of talk shows talk about how Drew Brees should be in the contention for the MVP. And rightfully so. I mean, he's having a, he's having an outstanding year. He's set the records. Uh, he's breaking records. Yeah, but you know, we talked about the Rams a while ago, and I, I, we had told we had talked about their schedule. Up until they played New Orleans, there wasn't a team that they played that had a winning record. Um, and so, you know, they get to New Orleans and they get blasted uh, by a team that is, uh, you know, 
if not more superior, but definitely on the same level as they were. Uh, and so the Rams now have to go and play Seattle. And then here on the 19th of November, they got the Chiefs. So that's going to be another big game. So I'm with you. I think the Rams, they're young. They're very good. They're, they got a really good head coach. They're talented. I just don't think it's the right time for them right now. I think that, you know, they've been winning games that they should win, and that's to their credit. But the game that they should have won was New Orleans. If they wanted to put themselves and start to separate themselves in the NFL and say, hey, look, we're a title contender, then that New Orleans game was a time for the Rams to step up, and they laid an egg. Yeah, I, I, I believe that they're on the right track. No no doubt about it. Um, I'm not sold on their quarterback yet. Um, I know a lot of people are. And, uh, look, man, I, I was a fan of Dan Marino's, and Jennifer loved Peyton Manning more than I loved Dan Marino. And we followed him and how great he was. And we get to watch Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. And, man, you start talking about um, – Winning uh, the Super Bowl, you you better have a really really good quarterback. I know some some quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl that weren't that good, but their defenses were exceptional and their special teams were great. But for the most part, these winning Super Bowl teams have great quarterbacks on them, and I'm I'm just not sold on them. I don't think I think you're right. I don't think this is their time. I think they're getting better each year. I think they got a lot of pieces uh, to the puzzle in place, I, you know, and and maybe next year or so. Hey, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. I'm just speculating here what I think. Um, but I, I don't think it's their time now. I think that um, when it comes down the stretch, I think that Minnesota, Green Bay, New Orleans, and the Panthers all can can beat the Rams in a in a playoff game, um, especially if the Rams have to travel in. So I think those I think those five teams that I named or six or whatever I definitely think they're the cream of the crop in the in the NFC and in the AFC. It's you know I think it's going to be. Uh, uh, the Patriots, the Chiefs, not necessarily in that order. Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, the Steelers, and uh, the Chargers. Man, look, look what the Chargers have did. Um, I think that uh, this, I think the, the Texans and the Titans, I think that division is, is going to be sort of like the division with the, where the Cowboys ran, I think whoever wins that division uh, will be the last seed in the playoff. Uh, that's not a wild card, and I don't think any team out of the, their their division will make will make the playoffs other than the division winner. So, you know, there's to me right now, I've not seen anybody other than uh, those four teams in the AFC uh, that can that I don't think can win it. And there's probably six teams in the NFC uh, that I think that can uh, make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're, you're, you're hundred percent right that, uh, you know, the NFC has, uh, you know, it's, it's just wide open altogether as a whole conference in the NFC of who can reach the, uh, the Super Bowl. 
but you know, if you're if you're looking right now, the top two would have to have been, you know, obviously New Orleans and and the Rams. Uh, but you know, listen, as long as uh, Tom Brady's got air in his lungs, uh, you know, right now they're at seven and two up there at the AFC East. Uh, you know, they're, they're always going to be a, a force. Uh, they started off so slow this year, uh, losing their first two games, and they've won their last what seven. So I mean. You know that's just that's just Tom, that's just uh, Belichick and, and Tom Brady. So you're absolutely right. AFC is is pretty much narrowed down to a couple of teams, but that NFC, man, it's just like let's just throw a coin up and then pick a team. Yeah, well, actually, the Patriots started one and uh, they won one out of their first three. Um, then they lost lost the other. Uh, they lost to um, to the Lions right, and to. They beat the yeah yeah they beat the Texans to the line and they lost right to the Jaguars yeah uh, they were one and, they were one and two at one time um, right yeah I think I think that you know I think honestly there's four teams in the in the AFC um, that that have a chance to really do something in the playoff now here here's the thing think of this is the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, you know they're gonna they're in the same division. You know, and that's one of them is gonna definitely gonna have to go on the road. Um, I I'm not so sure, man, that that uh, the Chargers are not playing better than the Chiefs right now. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is just um, I don't know. They give up a lot of yards. They're they're doing a lot of bending but don't break. And I I'm not a fan of that kind of defense. Um, you know, where you've got to outscore your opponent all the time. I've been in that situation, and it's, and it's tough to do every single week. Um, I know, to me, they've got right now the most exciting player in the NFL and Packers in the home. Um, but I just believe that the Chargers may be better than the Chiefs. So, you know, as great a season as it's been, and the Chiefs, you know, they sort of start out on fire every year and sort of slack off. Um, they it, this may be the year that as uh, uh, bad as a lot of people hate Philip Rivers, this may be the year that he he gets to compete for a Super Bowl. And you know, it seems like we always talk about Philip Rivers at some form or fashion. He's always he's always the most underrated superstar in the NFL. We we seem never to talk to him until about November. And these these Charger teams they fluctuate up and down. And do they have a chance or do they not have a chance? Uh, but something always happens. It's like the Ohio State syndrome. Something always happens later in the season that causes the Chargers not to be, uh, you know, uh, not to make the playoffs. They're right there. They're always right there. They can smell it, but they just can't really get to it. Um, so, you know, I, I, listen, I, I'm a Phillip Rivers fan. I, I, I think, you know, he's he's been good for football. You know, he's – you know, he's just one of the, the cost of professionals. He's putting up big numbers every year that he's been in the league. Uh, and I'd like to see him succeed. But I just don't know if, if, if I can just put that faith that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs and, and, and progress into the playoffs and maybe even be in a Super Bowl. Well, we'll see. They, um, they go on the road, I think, to Kansas City. It may be this week. I'm not sure it's either this week or next week. Um, so we will see. I think I know Kansas City is going to beat them once. Um, so um, we, we will definitely 
we'll definitely see how they, that goes. They, um, they, they play uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Play, the Chargers and the Chiefs play December thirteenth. Oh, okay. Well, that to me that game is going to be the deciding um, deciding factor. I mean, look, as good as I say the Chargers are, the Titans had a chance to beat them, and in uh, in London. Um, they just think. Listen, Philip Rivers is that caliber quarterback. He and I'm not. I don't like Philip Rivers. I don't like his attitude much. But the guy's good. Don't get me wrong. You can't take anything away from him. He is that franchise quarterback that can make all the throws. That's not scared to make any throw. Uh, that just has that want to win attitude. You know, sort of um, get under his skin kind of guy. I should like him, um, but I don't. Uh, but he he's really. He's that kind of guy, and I think as long as they stay healthy uh, with what they're doing out there with this new coach, and uh, I, I think they've got a chance this year. But now, listen, there's a lot of football to be played, and I'm telling you, as the year goes on, it starts getting colder, and these teams from the West Coast have to start coming back east or in the Midwest playing in, you know, in these cold games. Look. That's one thing I think that haunted Peyton Manning a lot was they played in that dome and then they had to go outside that dome and play like at New England and places, and it hurt him. I really believe that's part of his decision to go to Denver was to prove he could play um, in the cold weather. That may not have been. I just always felt like it was. Um, So I think there's a lot to be said um, about that. We will definitely see. But to me, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. And and right now I think there's about 10 really, really good teams. So um, there's there's a great game on this this Thursday night between the Steelers and the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. That's going to be a great game. Two great big quarterbacks. Playing good. I mean, Big Ben is just Big Ben. Always seems to, you know, have a lot of turnovers, but they win. You know, sometimes when he has his greatest games, they don't win. And um, so uh, everybody's talking about Scam Newton, what a great quarterback he is. And I'm not a fan of Scam Newton, but he is playing good and they're winning. They've got a lot of really good players. That's going to be a great game, no doubt. I, I like the Panthers, a lot of Panthers players and their coach. I really like their coach. Um, he's a down-to-earth kind of guy. Uh, Jim forgot to meet him at a women's football camp in Florida and said, man, you just wouldn't believe, you know, the things he had to do to become a coach. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for Scam Newton, I'd probably be a huge Carolina Panthers fan. So, um I hate that for them, but hey, that's, we all can't like the same people and whatnot. Uh, Mike, well, tell me about we talk about the NFL. Tell me about the college playoff system now. I did. I got to see who the first three teams were, but I didn't get to see. I did see. I think who the first, second, third, fifth, and sixth team was, but I didn't see who was at number four. Uh, t- tell me what's going on in the big uh, college football world. So the latest update at, uh, as of 9 o'clock tonight, Bama retains number one. Clemson is number two. Notre Dame is now number three. Michigan is in that fourth slot. And now you have Georgia and Oklahoma uh, on the outside looking in at five and six. So Georgia's at five and Oklahoma's at six. What I find interesting about this whole dynamic here is, is that Georgia 
in this whole scheme of things right now is the team that has everything in their in their favor and they control I would say in their favor but they control their destiny. They are already in the SEC championship against Bama. So if they can beat Bama to not to try to get into that top 4, which is really the only way they can do it. Uh but they still have that glimmer of hope. So, you know, Georgia already in the SEC, Bama's already in the SEC championship. So yeah, you know, it's just I guess they're going to be on cruise control until then. But that's your top six as of right now. Well, now if if Michigan is, is four and um, if Ohio State beats Michigan and Georgia, of course, wins out to the SEC championship game, which I mean I think they still got several games to play. Uh, don't you think they would move up to number four? Who is who is that? Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. If, if Ohio State beats Michigan when they play, and Georgia keeps winning, think right. that Georgia's going to move to number four. I think so, and I think. But you know, here's the thing. I also think that Notre Dame in that number three spot. That that number three spot in it has been the dreaded spot that nobody wants to be in. Nobody wants to be the number three team in this playoff because whoever's been in the number three seed. Has, since we've started this college playoff system, if you're in the number three seed, you have not made to the final four at the end of the season. So, you know, there's still a lot. Oklahoma could probably slide up in there. You're absolutely right. If Ohio State's beat Michigan, then you have Georgia and Oklahoma maybe even getting up in there uh, if Notre Dame even loses a three. So, um, you know, uh, it's a lot of football left to be played. And, you're abs- and, and uh, you know, I, I have a question, and I wanted to bring it up, and it's about Bama. Now, Bama's already in their SEC title game. They're at the number one slot right now in the playoffs. Do you sit Tua with his injury? Well, who who they got left to play? Well, Alabama and SEC. I mean, they're still playing. Um, they're still in the meat of their dang on um, schedule. So, but Alabama is. I mean, they still got – well, they got Mississippi State. Uh, then they got the Citadel. Then they got Auburn, and they have Georgia. So, here's the thing. They're going to end up playing Georgia three times. You mean – no, Georgia's not – Georgia's not on their schedule this year, are they, other than that yeah, SEC yep. championship on, game? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, December 1st. That's where it is. December. is. I'm looking at the date. It's December 1st. So, on December 1st, they got to play them in the championship game. So it's it's what you're looking at is you're going to have Mississippi State, uh, the Citadel, Auburn, and those are the last three games of the season. So the question is is that Tua's injured. He's got he's got a knee problem, and I know he's in the run for the Heisman Trophy. But do you maybe sit him and you know give him some rest? I mean, you got a valid quarterback that that's got you to a championship before. Um, so you know what do you do there with Tua? Well, first of all, I you know I I seen him carry him off the field or whatever, took him off the field the day he re-injured that um, knee, and it was actually the game before Tennessee, I believe. And I told Jim for then I would set him out the Tennessee game. Um, if if the injury is is any kind of severeness to it. Um, I'm setting him out against the Citadel and Mississippi State. Uh, I have all the confidence in the world uh, that 
that Jalen Hurts can come in and, and win those two games. I mean, the guy won a bunch of games for him, don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's the kind of quarterback um, we were just talking about between having an elite quarterback and then just having a quarterback. Um, but in that Auburn game, if you know, I look at it like this. I mean, I know you hate to uh, lose the guy's hopeful opportunity, but, you know, it's – is is it a year where the Heisman wins means more than a uh, 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 Heisman means more than a uh, than a championship game? You know what I mean, or a title? So if if it's me, and I'm just saying, I have another quarterback that well, and uh, the injury is you know sort of severe, but it's just a something nagging that, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, I might play him some and, and set him out, but, you know, if it, if it's just something severe that a couple weeks rest would really get him to 100%, and uh, I would definitely set him for the Citadel and Mississippi State and uh, have him ready to go uh, for that Auburn game. And then it just helps Jalen Hurts stay ready to go. Um so that's what I would do. I mean, the guy can't leave and go to the NFL, so he's gonna have another chance at the Heisman next year. Um, he's gonna be there because you got to be out of high school for three years before you're eligible to play in the NFL, and he's not. Um, so, to me, that's what I would do. Yeah, I agree. I think Tua sits, and I and I don't know that if Nick Saban is gonna do that. Uh, Nick Saban obviously knows a lot more than we do. Uh, uh, in, in all aspects of what's going on with Alabama. Uh, I Personally, I'm with you. I agree. The Citadel right now, or, I mean, who is the Citadel? That's, that's the game for the Citadel, Citadel to say that they played Alabama uh, and, and just kind of, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a thank you game. Uh, you know, then they play Auburn, uh, who right now is, is at 24 in the country, but it's an SEC game, and SEC games are physical. Uh, and so, you know, sit him out Mississippi State, sit him out of the Citadel, maybe give him a tune-up game against Auburn before he gets into that championship game, uh, which is really only a week after they play, they play Auburn uh, on the 24th of uh, November. So, you know, I agree. I think that's what he should do. But, you know, I'm not Nick Saban, uh, obviously, and, and he's going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> well, we don't know the extent of the injury. I mean, I don't even know what it is, but. Uh, you know, again, uh, I feel like he's going to, you know, it's one of them deals, listen, we, we see it every day when we practice and and no no different than those guys and you hear all the time, uh, you know, two weeks of not playing or doing anything, you can get out of shape. Listen, playing the quarterback position is all about rhythm, no where guys are, repetition, repetition, repetition. I, I get, you know, I, I get all that. Um, so I think Nick Saban's going to do what's best for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, like I said, they know more of what we know about the injury, and they got doctors on hand and all that. Here, here's my question for for people out there, Mike. Is last week you come on here and said that everybody was talking about Alabama and they've won these games and but they haven't played anybody. So then they go play, which at this point in time was the number three team in the country that 
I heard all the talk, LSU was going to beat them and blah, blah, blah. And they go beat them 29 to nothing in LSU. So so now what's all the talk? Well, listen, I, I'll tell you, and, and Alabama goes into death by, or goes to, to play the uh, uh, LSU. And uh, the 29 to nothing, it, the physical, emotional, psychological beating that they gave LSU uh, was a message to the rest of college football. Uh, Nick Saban said it. The players said it that, you know, after the game, Nick Saban was like, you know, listen, everybody was talking about how we haven't played anybody and that our schedule wasn't, uh, wasn't up to par uh, and that our guys wanted to come out and prove a point. Uh, and they proved it. Uh, they didn't. They didn't have anything to prove to begin with, but they definitely proved it. Um, and if there was anything to solidify on how great Alabama is, that performance in LSU uh, in a primetime game when LSU was as hyped up as ever, number three in the country, um, you know, to hold them to no points, that's uh, you know, you can't make a better statement than you made, uh, and you know that's why they're the number one team. Well, I heard, you know, I heard you say that about people, and I've heard a bunch of people say about it, say that about it, and I even heard a lot of these analysts, you know, pick them. You know, LSU did this, and LSU did Tennessee, or Tennessee. Alabama's just beat up on a lot of people like Tennessee that, you know, has a new coach and, a, you know, wait for new recruits to get there and work out. They just meet up on a lot of teams that don't mean anything or don't have a winning record, and, um you know, this, that, and other, and I, I just got thinking, you know, hey, I, I didn't think that at all. I, I mean, I, I think I've thought all year, and I don't know late. I haven't got to see them play much. I've seen them play a little bit. But I've thought all year, to beat, to beat Alabama, first of all, you got to win the turnover battle. Uh, they seem to be turning it over less than they have ever before. You have to win the special teams battle. They usually don't have a good kicker for whatever reason. But I thought from what I've seen is is you had to be able to throw the ball down the field because it's the first year they started some true freshmen. And those true freshmen have got a lot of experience along the way. And they give up some big plays. But listen, we all know how much you learn when they throw the ball at you. You learn from those mistakes. Sometimes it's a lot faster than others. So now I'm not so sure that they have a clank down on that. It sounds like it uh, because the the quarterback from LSU uh, seemed before that game seemed to have been playing pretty good. And when I heard that they were, uh, you know, held them to 29 to nothing, and then I also heard, just what you said, that the score didn't reflect it because they put a beat down on LSU. Um, so um, I, I don't know wherever, you know, where all that was coming from. I don't know why the media and people, uh, you know, jump in. I guess it's like me and you where we say, you know, I, I didn't think that the Rams were that good because they have they haven't played him. But that's pro football. You know, college football, anything can happen. We see this happen on Saturday a lot. Uh, but, you know, to me, the Alabama team is just like the New England team. Is They're methodical. They've got the best coach. They 
Um, have a lot of really good players. He has control of the organization. He's uh, uh, he's not going to uh, let the outside get in there and get to these people. And you just fuel their fire more. I mean, the only thing you can do is play who's on your schedule. You know, we heard that the year that we won a championship. We did this. Listen, you can only play who's on your schedule. We've never ran from nobody. We played the teams that we shouldn't have played years ago, and we got the crap beat out of us. And you know what? It made us better. We played who's on our schedule, and that's what they have to do. Some schedules are just easier than others because of the performance of the teams. So, you know, to hear all that crap was sort of just crap, and, um, you know, I, I sort of, uh, you know, thought, well, they uh, – they threw gas on the fire when they said Alabama wasn't that good. And then they go into LSU and put a beat down on them. Well, I, I think a lot of the mystique about this game, the hype was being built up, was LSU's defense was just really good. Now, listen, give LSU a little bit of credit. They did force Tua to throw an interception. He hasn't thrown an interception all year. Their defense did do some things. They did get to him. They did sack him a couple times. They put a lot of pressure on him. But you know the the front the front defense uh, the defensive front for that Alabama team. Uh, if anybody needs to be thanking them, it should very well be the dang on defensive backs because they are getting to the quarterback. They are forcing him out of the they forced him out of the pocket. They were making sacks, uh, and they were they were getting him out of his comfort zone. And there there really wasn't a lot of downfield throwing for for LSU. And then when it was, it was out of his comfort zone. So. You know, those defensive backs got to be thinking those that front line for that uh, that Alabama defense. You know, as far as playing who is on your schedule, you know, these schedules are made years out. There might be one or two games that they can probably switch and finagle here and there, but these 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 games are, are years out in the making. And um, you know, and I'm with you. I, and listen, I was one of the the people that wanted to see. I, I'm not gonna say I wanted to see Alabama lose as much as I wanted to see a game. I wanted to see Alabama challenge. I really thought it was gonna be a game where LSU at home uh, in prime time was going to have enough gas in the tank. Uh, uh, but, you know, offensively, they just they, – they were horrible. And, uh, you know, listen, it, it, a lot of it's – a lot of it is the, the non-athletes that they have in LSU to compete with Alabama. But 99% of it was that Alabama was just that much better than LSU – uh, and, you know, again, they're the number one team, and they proved it, and they showed why they are with that win in LSU. Yep, it sure seems that way. Well, Mike, we're about out of time, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you calling in tonight, talking to the NFL and college with me, and uh, I know you have a town and uh, on the road for work. Uh, you be careful, and uh, we'll uh, see you in a couple of days, and uh, looking forward to this scrimmage, Saturday. All right, brother. I'll, I'll see you soon. Okay. All right, folks. Mike Wallace, coach of the Tri-City Thunder, joining us again there tonight. Talk about uh, football, and uh, he's got all. He got a lot more time than I do to sit and watch all these games. And uh, he got he's tech savvy, and I'm not, as I was told today. So um, it's. Uh, it's great to have people come on and talk to that knows about this stuff. So, uh, 
Again, uh, our thoughts and go up to me, Jay, and I want to thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for giving us this opportunity. Um, thank everybody for that supports the Tri-City Thunder and the USWFL um, for everything you do. Um, and, again, especially uh, Lindy and Anna Sweeney for all their hard work and uh, everybody behind the scenes that, you know, a lot of people don't know but are out here working harder than anybody to help this organization. And uh, if you're a player or coach or anything with this organization, uh, you should be thanking them personally uh, for what they do because they make it a lot easier for you to play here um, without having to pay the big, huge team fees that a lot of others uh, teams require you to pay. So um, next week I hope to have some more information on a lot of this stuff for you. Maybe uh, some of the uh, we can release some of the teams we have in the league. Uh, definitely hope to have some more information on on the game, and we'll definitely have some talk. Uh, to talk about about the scrimmage between the Tri-City Thunder and the South Carolina Smash. So uh, um, we'll definitely have a lot of fun stuff to talk about next week. So till then, we'll talk to you later.